walls of the birth canal, my head squashed this way and that. And why this indignity? I had loved that world, its serene, pulsing darkness, its warm, sweet waters, loved the way I could effortlessly roll this way and that. Who brought light to my world? Who brought doubt to my actions that were once innocent of reason or consequence? Who? Who started me on this journey I never asked to begin? Who? And why did I acquiesce? But how do I now know this? I can't know it. I must be fantasizing. And yet? And yet? The midwife quickly and expertly unraveled the cord, then pushed her thumb into the call, as if she were little Jack Horner, searching for the plum and ripping her thumb upwards toward my head, burst the bag open. A small deluge of fluid fell upon the dusty floorboards of that small room in Trieste and made them as slippery as life. A scream followed. And laughter. Mama kept the membranes. Later she dried them. For the call that a baby is born in is considered to be of the greatest luck. Fate's guarantee that neither the baby born within the call nor the possessor of the membranes will ever drown. She was going to keep them to give me when I was an adult, but in my first winter I fell badly ill with pneumonia, and she sold the membranes to a sailor so that she could buy me some fruit. The sailor had the membranes sewn into his jacket, or at least that was what he told Mama he planned to do with them. After my birth that night all those years ago, the midwife, who was known by the magnificent name of Maria Magdalena Svevo, but whose true name, which she hated, was Etty Schmitz, switched off the harsh electric light and opened the shutters. Now that there were no screams of the agony of a woman giving birth to fall upon the ears of those in the street outside. The pleasant autumn night air and the stench of the Adriatic flowed in, that peculiarly close European smell of millennia of war and sadness and survival. And this smell battled with the open, bloody smell of birth that centred that little bare room, with its draped blanket for a door and its crumbling plaster walls and its solitary, silverfish-sanded picture of the Madonna touching a bleeding heart with the outstretched fingers of her right hand. Ah, those fingers, so perfectly long and soft and silky, so unlike Maria Magdalena Svevo's short, battered pinkies. Maria Magdalena Svevo got down upon her knees and with those rough worker's hands and a rag began scrubbing off what blood and birth fluids had not yet seeped into the floorboards. The stains of which, she mused, were an archive of human life, a record written in fading blotches of blood and wine and sperm and urine and faeces of the progress of life from birth to youth to love to disease to death. As Maria Magdalena Svevo scrubbed, my mother watched her large round back rock back and forth, a half-moon silvered by the light of the full moon that filled the room of my birth with its peaceful illumination. How do I know such things? Maria Magdalena Svevo, who had untangled the cord from my neck, laughing, and who had continued to laugh about it every time she saw me ever after, told me only a little about my birth, so it cannot be from her. And Mama told me almost nothing. She didn't even bother to tell me that I was born in Trieste until I was ten, after we heard the news that Maria Magdalena Svevo had nearly died there 
in somewhat comic circumstances upon a return trip to her home. Two drunk students had accidentally ridden their moped into her at the market. It was generally considered to have been typical of her strength and stubbornness that whereas the two students died within 24 hours, the octogenarian Maria, after spending three months in hospital, returned to Australia in better health than she had left it. But then, as my father Harry often said, she always took more than she was given. When Mama paid her the standard fee for assisting in my birth, she felt underpaid and on the way out swiped a bottle of prized whisky, my mother's only bottle of whisky, which she had gained in consequence of a night of lust with my father. That and her unwanted son, me, was all she had at that point obtained from my father, who was then serving time in a nearby prison. My mother frequently lamented she would have been much better served.